the Owls Americast, the Sheffield Wednesday podcast that usually records on Wednesday, but now records on whatever day we feel like. In this case, Monday. And welcome to another edition. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro. Look, I know the rules. You're not supposed to look at the table until Christmas. I may have had a peak earlier in this week. That has inspired my beer choice. I was... Oh, a few miles up the road from Charlton, Massachusetts last weekend, or two weekends ago, uh, visiting my wife's aunt. And on the way home, we stopped at Treehouse Brewing Company, which I'm sure the assembled beer snobs on this podcast have all heard of. Uh, and I'm drinking their Hefeweizen, and it's simply called Dreamer. It's quite nice. It's uh, the usual uh, banana bread and sort of spice notes without being sort of overly banana bready like some of these get. Joining me this week to talk about another Wednesday win in New Jersey is Patty Jones. Patty, what are you drinking? Good evening, Jeffrey. Um, I am drinking a little, actually a beer for the first time in a long time on this podcast. Uh, I went out and got beer because I'm moving house and I need alcohol. Um, so I've got a local Brewery, uh, 902 Brewing, which is in, I think it's like Hoboken, or Jersey City, one of the two. Um, and it's called Current Mood. And my current mood is positive. <laughs> uh, unlike the guy on the can I'm showing. Uh, it's a um, hazy IPA with raspberry and blackcurrant. Uh, very little I'm getting of the a raspberry and blackcurrant, but it is quite a nice hazy IPA with a slight hidden of fruit. So we have Dreamer, we have Current Mood, we have our Ohio L, Evan Skelter. Evan, what are you drinking? For me, it's um, 23 flavors, Diet <laughs> Dr. Pepper tonight. Um, I'm getting really big hints or, or notes, excuse me, of vanilla, um, some caramel in there, and lots and lots of aspartame. <laughs> and to round out our foursome a man that knows his way around the Massachusetts brewery scene. Sorry, I'm going Justin DeSorger. Justin, what are you drinking? Hey, guys. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Uh, trying a new one out tonight. It's Winter Hill Brewing Company from Somerville, Mass. Winter Hill's famous for being uh, where Whitey Bulger and his gang operated out of. Um, and actually, I used to live on the other side of Spring Hill, which is pretty close. Um, nearby, they started this brewing company. I never had anything of theirs. And I, I never do this, but I will read the description. It is called uh, Chad Pop. Uh, Chad is in derogatory term for uh, a lot of white people. Um, it is an ale with lime, lemon, coriander, and sea salt. And the description reads, ever want to don boat shoes and sip on pure luxury? Have you ever been searching for a beer that captures the moment when you first laid eyes on a pair of Nantucket Reds? Chad Pop is perfectly crisp, refreshing ale brewed with lime zest, lemon peel, coriander, and sea salt to provide relief at the club, course, or summer house. So those of you that may know me a little bit through this would know that I hate those type of fucking people, and I would never <laughs> be caught dead in a pair of Nantucket Reds. And uh, I got to be honest, uh, beer's not great. So <laughs> I'd like to, you know, kind of see how it works, but that's what we're doing tonight. So what we like, the more words and descriptions of beers, Justin, that you have, the le- the more you hate it usually. That's what I tend to find that the, the simpler description and simpler beer is what the ones you kind of like in this podcast. Well, so, uh, listen, so you, Chad's popping collars definitely get me. Uh, <laughs> so, so you say that, Patty, but I have to say this: this Hefeweizen is excellent. I will also read the description. I, I don't know why we're stalling. Wednesday are top of the table. We should be fucking excited <laughs> to get into the game. But I'm going to read like, talk about Wednesday for once. <laughs> uh, Dreamer is a German-style Hefeweizen by Treehouse Brewing Company. It is meticulously crafted, style, and heightened through dutiful utilizations of the advanced process controls of our modern brew house. An extended mash program and a careful fermentation profile yields a delightfully hazy beer with a rising rocky whitehead. Boring. We taste and smell spicy clove, banana, a hint of bubblegum and a kiss of earthy hops wrapped up to a, it's gone up, too pretentious yeah up to a creamy mouthfeel and an airy body dreamer is an absolute pleasure to drink we hope that you enjoyed as much as we do it is an absolute pleasure to drink and let me tell you fellas wednesday sheffield wednesday <laughs> the football club we podcast about absolute pleasure to do this show this week we will review another rotherham win we'll cover the wednesday news we will preview the Papa John's Trophy, which kicks off this week. And 
a match with Morricom. And we have some very important and exciting any other business. But we'll start with the rather review. Thumbs up and thumbs down. Uh, Evan stole my initial one, so we'll start with Evan. Simply put, Peacock Farrell. Yeah, I mean, what what can you say that hasn't been said already this week, right? Um, he's been fantastic, makes great saves. The, um, yeah, it's again, no, not crazy great anal- or analysis or, or earth-shattering analysis, but right before halftime when he made that penalty save, um, it was kind of a bad first half, and I think that uh, I think that's one of one of Patty's points. But you know, it, it definitely put some energy into the club going into the locker room, and the rest is history. I mean, if that goal goes in, I think the entire shape of the game is different. If Wednesday goes into the half down one nothing and has to chase the game a little bit, um, the thing that's impressed me with uh, Peacock Farrell specifically, and we've seen him uh, marshal his defense and his box very well he's very aggressive coming out on set pieces or or balls into the mixer and like look at some point this year he's going to come out for a ball he doesn't get and he's it's going to look bad but he's going to make so many he's going to prevent so many scoring opportunities otherwise doing that like that's that's the trade-off that you get there at some point he will but i mean so far he hasn't hasn't. literally not missed a cross (laughs) or a take or a punch he just looks solid the, the thing for me is, like, you can just feel that he does not want to concede a goal this season. He's just <laughs> yeah. so, like, because he's gotten a couple of clean sheets now, he does not want to let a goal in. He's going to be gutted. Jump yeah, he's going to be so commentary. mad when, they, when you know, Wednesday give a free header or something away, which inevitably <laughs> will happen. I know we're trying to be positive, but we know it's going to happen. Um, and he's just... Uh, and the... The Rodler manager said it in the post game, and I've seen no evidence to the contrary. This is the best goalkeeper in League One. Yeah, I think yeah. so. So just go on. No, I, I everything you guys have said is right, and, and what it is for me is what you just sort of touched on, Patty, is how solid he is. Like the penalty save was amazing. He's had a couple nice stops. Um, I think Charlton he had a couple big ones as well. But it's just it's how calm and cool and professional he is at all times he is in the right place he's he's making the right steps he's you know he's not fucking anything up this has been you know after what we've seen from our goaltending over the last few years um it's really nice to see somebody who's you know as as calm and collected as as he is and it's it's working five five clean sheets this year like that's amazing and the penalty save, which like, Ugh. so there he guessed right. And look, that's a skill in and of itself, right? It's knowing the player's tendencies. It's reading the run up. You know, if he goes in the other direction, it's just top corner and you move on. So he guesses right. But even guessing right there, because of the pace, the height and where it was, it was a little bit behind him. He had to reach back. He couldn't just push it around the post like if it it had been a lower, more in the corner shot. He's got to get a strong enough hand to that. I just, I don't want to kill Joe Wildsmith, but I I just imagine like Joe Wildsmith getting a hand to it and backspinning into the net because I've seen that happen to Joe Wildsmith. He knocked it over the bar. He he didn't move. It was just like solid in a wall. And there's there's an argument, and I was looking at this on the replay earlier on, that he might come off his line before the ball struck. And trust me, I'm sensitive to this moment because if you've watched Red Bulls uh, last game as Montreal, I, I've seen the clip. Uh, in the last, in the 95th minute, Red Bulls had to have three penalties taken against them because the first two, the referee ruled off because the keeper came out of his line by about an inch. Um, so I'm sensitive about the moment, but there's an argument that he does come forward, but it's almost simultaneously to when the ball's being struck. So benefit of the doubt, of course, it happens very fast. And sadly, like you said, well, is it? He just absolutely trams it. That kid's got a massive uh, right foot on him. Uh, and he, he just like hitting a wall, fantastic save. And then he comes out for the corner afterwards and just claims it after a bunch yeah. of players and the defense too. And John, John Pearson took a stud up and sat clapping on the commentary. <laughs> <laughs> as good as that save was, and I think it was a game changing save. Uh, the save, the double save he made when Wednesday made a complete hash of the long throw late in the second half was also like just getting big and then being able to scramble the ball 
out. That, that scramble, right? When no one seemed to get control over it. And yeah. A couple of little pot shots in there. Yeah. That was, uh, he just went, basically spread himself. Yeah. And he is like, I think he's listed at 6'4, but he's so long. Like the way he was able to just cover the entire, like, right half of the goal on that penalty kick is amazing. With his feet too, his passing is good. The distribution is yeah. fantastic. It's the what, I, we said this when we signed him, Evan. What is he doing in League One? <laughs> I, have no, I have no idea. He's, he's getting minutes, and uh, yeah, exactly. he's going to have a bright, bright future. I mean, truthfully, I think we'll be hearing about this guy. Um, and in, already Northern Ireland, big time matches. One, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, man. Yeah. Again, I want to be clear. We're, we're four games into the season, but if hypothetically. Wednesday go right back up. I think their top priority has to be signing Peacock Farrell permanently. Yeah. Oh, do we have the money for that though? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. No, no that's FP. We don't. No. I mean, the problem is he's going to do this for a year and then just get like a. He might just be Burnley's number one keeper next year. <laughs> yeah, it depends where Nick Pope goes, I suppose, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. He's not even second choice, is he? Was he was third in line at Burnley? Yeah. Um. So f- for me. Uh, we're dreaming if we want to keep him after this year because yeah. we won't be able to afford him a championship. So the just enjoy we'll it. Afford him. Yeah, <laughs> the only way we'll be able to afford him is we'll go to the Premier League, which obviously is unlikely. We talked about the goalkeeping. We'll zoom out now. Justin, your thumbs up is Darren Moore's tactics. Yeah, so Moore's been pretty consistent all year and he's talked about before wanting to play out from the back and you know having that... Um, you know, four two, three one, four three three, but you know, roughly having players moving apart. You know, balls on the ground, little passing, possession, all this. Uh, he made the clearly correct decision that Rotherham, a team who's been playing this system that they play very effectively, uh, they pressure you, they swarm you. Uh, they as soon as they get the ball, they turn it upfield, they take shots. Um, he correctly determined that this is not a team that's ready to possess the ball and break their press down um, pleasantly. And we did not play out from the back after about five minutes in. Uh, all the goal kicks were send everybody deep. Uh, we played a lot more direct. He played with more or less two holding midfielders, played everybody back. Uh, he, was, he played that first half to soak up pressure against Rotherham. That's how he set the team up. That's what the plans were. That's how it went. There was a lot of frustration online that I saw um, and, and people that were upset about the way that half looked because we were getting overrun through the midfield, um, but they had five in the midfield. Um, I think Moore played this perfectly. He set up to soak up their pressure, tire them out a little bit, and hit them on the counter. And while we didn't have too many good counters. Uh, you can see they were vulnerable the first to half. back from the from minute one, though. And that was it, to hit them on the counter. And that's how we get our first goal. I mean, you don't think that Callum Patterson to Florian Camberry is the counterattack that, that <laughs> wins the league. But that's what it was. It was a great counterattack. They got into space against the run of play, made the pass, they score. And that's from there it changed a little. Um, and, and, you know, again, he did what he's done every game so far. He made two perfectly timed substitutions. These were even earlier than they had been previously, which I liked. And the subs that came in, including Lee Gregory gets the goal. A comes in and, you know, I love Lewis wing. I think he's a big part of this team and will be, but, you know, as Patty pointed out during the game, uh, a was a better fit for this type of game. And when he did come in, it changed things. And Lee Gregory gets another goal. So as far as I'm concerned right now, Darren Moore is a fucking wizard. Um, we'll talk about that more with him uh, somehow getting Iorfa to resign. So, but yeah, my, I, I got two thumbs up for Darren Moore and, and what he's been doing uh, on the tactics board and applying it to the field with a group of players who have never played together before. Really impressive. By, by the way, how lucky are we to have the depth to be able to bring a Denner in, in off the bench effectively. I mean, that guy is one of the best midfielders in the league, and we're, we're giving him a rest for, well, I don't even know when he came in, 60 minutes, 70 minutes? Yeah, 60. And, uh, letting, letting him run around uh, for, for 30, 30 minutes at a time. That That is a luxury. I thought that, so I think you spot on, uh, Justin, I said that before we started recording that I, I, I was going to put the exact same thing about Denner most tactics. The one thing I think I think didn't work for us 
uh, against one of them was I think Lewis Wing in this this match. He had a couple of nice touches here and there. It was just it was just it was too physical for him. And he, the game passed him by a little bit at times. And he did a few like crappy fouls that weren't really needed. Um, and I think if I didn't know when it started from the beginning, he wouldn't have been so overran in that first like 40, 45 minutes. Um, yeah, so he was a bit anonymous in the first half of Lewis Wing. But he did a few nice little touches. It's, it's clearly got class, but I think it wasn't his game. And then again, though, that's, you know, this is the beauty. And you had mentioned that during the game. And I, and I did note it, said you were right about that. It's the beauty of that team that Evan's mentioning with the depth. We've got enough guys to do horses for courses. And Moore certainly seems to be the guy that knows how to put them in the right places. So, yeah, this is this has been fun so far this year. <laughs> Well, it's been especially fun for you since Lee Gregory has two goals in three games. So your field and 15 goal prediction is going very well. Uh, I do want to, I'll, I'll throw in my thumbs up here because I think uh, sort of the point of wing being overrun a little bit in midfield, having Massimo Luongo back in the squad, especially for a game like this is just such a difference maker. Like a you know, Bannon's going to drop deep in freelance and do his thing. And he was, you know, honestly, Bannon was really not in this game for large portions of it. But Luongo was always there to break up play, to distribute. And sort of as Rotherham started to get a little leggy, he really kind of took over that game in the second half from from his sort of deeper lying midfield position. Uh, just, he's got to stay healthy, but he's, again, I, we already said about Denerin. I think it applies to Luongo too. He's one of the best midfielders at this level. You know, um, he was also quite quiet in the first half. It was the best of the well, three. They, just, I they were bypassing the midfield from yeah. most of the first half. Um, but yes, fantastic. Uh, total game, Luongo, uh, the best player on the pitch, I think. And uh, it showed for the for, for, both, for both goals he was involved in, it, right? So the first goal, it was him that gave the pass to pass and, uh, in his own half, uh, which passed him did fantastically well to kind of keep off the uh, Can you defender. imagine being a, a fullback trying to go one-on-one with Patterson on a ball like that and just getting completely bowled over? Bowled over? He hasn't yeah. got much pace. I said this in the WhatsApp group too. He just, he just Patterson, off me, that, that was one of his better games. Well, yeah. Probably the best game I've seen him play for Sheffield Wednesday. Um, he, he was strong. He was a good feet, good vision. He was a good target man, but also a kind of good winger as well. He, he's such a weird player. <laughs> it's so hard to describe still what he's good at, I mean, but I think I just tried a little bit. shit for a year. Now, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, not no, too hard for you. Maybe he's found his level and I'm going to love him this year. I think he's been, he's been fantastic against Rotherham. He was, a lot of people obviously shot about Iofa and Luongo and Bailey, Bailey, yeah, Bailey Peacock Farrell. Um, but I think Patterson was as good as all of those guys. He was fantastic, especially in the first half too. He was one of the better players in the first half. And you want to talk about the team spirit and resilience. Yes, um, and it's probably something we've touched upon in past episodes too, but I've been off for a week or two. Um, it's it's just really good to see right now, and it'll, we'll come to it later on with the IAFA's message after we resigned, and what everyone's saying really from the resignings we've had. Um, it just looks like people are happy to play football again, um, which we haven't seen for a while, right? And that's infectious. If you see like a dinner man smiling, you see him like, when the players score a goal and they're all, like cheering with the, the, the players. You saw like Jack ha- Jack Hunt doing his usual shit house to Rotherham fans. Uh, these are things which fans will take on board and feel positive about. The way that Bannon embraced Bailey Peacock Farrell uh, after that penalty save, I don't think I've seen love like that for for years. It was just it was just like, oh my god, you've saved a, a penalty in the, the derby. You are my hero. And like when they score a goal, all the players are there. Apart from the Gregory goal, where everyone was just so surprised it was counted, everyone was like, "Oh, we scored a goal. Is that, is that real? Is that are you okay with that?" And uh, to about ten minutes, for Brandon to come behind again, first person on the scene to uh, celebrate with him, it just feels like uh, a totally different club. Uh, how he's managed to turn it over from not just the end of last season, but the the shitty uh, off season we had with the player wages and the EFL embargo and in uncertainty of how the club's going to be run to come from that to this spirit that we see on the field is just remarkable. He's a goddamn wizard. (laughs) I have no other explanation. It's magic we're seeing. Uh, Yeah, no, great call. Jaden Brown, another guy, right? Seems to just be all team spirit and smiles. And I like, you know, that Jaden Brown gives everybody funny nicknames. Like, you know, yeah. And again, for the depth too, like 
Jaden like yeah. the fact that Jaden like Jaden Brown feels like he should be starting every game, but the fact that he doesn't have to again, it's a crowded fixture schedule plus the Papa John's trophy plus so, the inevitable injuries, right? Yeah, so the that. fact that we can you know do some squad rotation early in the season, get you know bank some points against, and like look, Charlton and Rotherham are promotion chasing teams. You know, Rotherham came down from the championship with Wednesday and Charlton were on the fringes of the playoffs last year. Like that, these are the teams they have to beat. And, you know, they drew with Charlton away, which fine. I think that's not a bad result. First game of the season to a lot of new players in the squad. And, you know, James, if he ever comes back on the show, who knows, um, <laughs> wanted to see progress week over week. And like, I looking at it now, we've seen progress week over week. And this was, I think the first game where, you know, I, the team, you know, they weren't setting up to clog the channels in the midfield and try to hit Wednesday on the counter. They were getting up and, you know, it, it's their, you know, Rotherham fans had a lot to say over the last week or so. But uh, they were there to to get up and, you know, punch Wednesday in the face. They were the best team we've seen all year. Yeah. By a, yeah. By a long shot. Yeah. Um, yes, they've got mistakes in them, as we saw. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but going forward, I put some in my notes around 60th minute. I mean, like Wednesday, they're a shitty championship team. So that's a, yeah. <laughs> my notes, I put this is fucking tense mm. about 67 minutes because even though we were on top, they were still kept going at us. They didn't yeah. stop. It wasn't until that second goal went in that they really kind of felt like a, a gut punch to them. Um, but yeah, they were just just wave after wave after wave. Um, and we did like perfectly well to to deal against it. Ayafa was an absolute rock. Dunkley was fantastic, like Luongo already. Um, but by far, Rotherham were the most impressive team we've seen this season, which says a lot about this league. <laughs> well, Doug, I do want to say something about Dunkley because when he came on last week for the, the Hutch injury, he didn't look super comfortable sort of playing this style and hasn't gotten a lot of a uh, first team run out this year and you know, still coming off a fairly serious injury and you know had a setback, I think, at some point last season as well. He's certainly not as pacey as Iorfa. He is not pacey generally. His sort of knowledge of positioning is is so good. Like he's just in the right place. You don't think he's like the angles he takes. He's just always in in the right place to make the defensive stop he needs to make. And I'm not particularly worried about you know with the ball at his feet or playing out from the back if he can just consistently be in the right place at the right time and he seems to be getting more comfortable with the ball at his feet too i think that'll come in time uh the hutch injury doesn't sound particularly serious and i think hutch is a little bit better fit for the way the team wants to play right now but having three three quality center backs at one time shocking amazing yeah, we may have four uh lewis gibson yeah i think he started solid yeah, yeah. um and, and he will come through jeff i think you hit the nail on the head with dunkley though it's it's that he just he makes everything simple, mm-hmm. right? He, he doesn't try to do too much. He's got to play. He just makes the play. He puts it, the ball's got to go out. He puts it out. You know, player's got to get covered. He just, he keeps it simple. And and I think that that can be a real skill. And it's, it, it really looked, uh, yeah, the two of them looked seamless um, at the back. We do have some thumbs down, despite the fact that Wednesday have gotten 10 points from four and just beat Rotherham. My thumbs down, look, this, this has been now a three-week thing for me, or three-game thing, three-match thing, and I got a bone to pick, honestly. Anytime anything happens in the goddamn game, I follow has to re- replay it for like <laughs> 25 seconds while the game is being Like, look, yes, I wanted more replays. Sometimes you want to see, like, is he offside? Like, have, like, you want it because... You get into the flow of the game, or maybe you're pouring a coffee or something, and you miss me. You want to see more replays? Yeah, absolutely. I want to see more replays of important moments, not a cross that Bailey Peacock Farrell comes out and cleanly catches, <laughs> and then the ball is going upfield, and John Pearson and Rob are continuing on with their commentary, and I'm just seeing the last. Somebody just hits a button in the production truck to just play the last 25 seconds of the game. I've already seen. It was yeah, like, that, that's the issue, right? Somebody else. Um, do, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, um, 
it gets to the point where they play such random stuff that I think it's actually happening in real time. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I get so thrown off. I, I don't know. Like, why why are we watching Liam Palmer sprint up the left side and lose the ball out of, yeah. of play for, for 20 seconds? Like, I, I really don't understand. I'm right there with you. Like, it was really like, hard to follow in the box. Obviously, you're not really paying full attention. You've got to be yeah, yeah, yeah. people trying to and stuff. I kept looking like, hang on a minute. Has that just happened? I mean, what's what's live and what's replay? Like I say, it was so hard to follow on. If you absolutely I think it was best against Rotherham, by the way. If you actually need to fill the time with a replay because there's nothing happening, like show replays of things that have happened earlier in the game that are important <laughs> moments. Show the Bailey peacock Farrell penalty save five more times. I don't care. I'll watch it every time. Yeah, it is the timing of it. it it's that... It, to me, it's a little less than the number of them, but but their timing. Like you, you when you have a ball that goes, you know, into Rosette, and and now oh, it's going to take a little bit. They're setting up a goal kick, and Peacock Farrell's waving everybody forward. Like that's when you're showing the replay, but they don't. They have a a free kick in midfield, and suddenly they're showing a replay of something. And as you pointed out, you've got Rob and John. You know, voices rising with excitement, and I'm rewatching a tackle. You know, it's it's tough. This is my biggest complaint with the Sheffield Wednesday season so far, so that's saying something. I think it's positive. <laughs> well, Patty, you're a little negative about the first half, though. Yeah, and I think it's more to do with um, Rotherham being quite good than us being quite bad. Um, so we've already praised more for the tactics, and I think we're probably a little bit lucky that um, Ogbeni went off so early in that first half because he was tearing Liam Palmer a new one down that right-hand side. Uh, it, was, it was a real shame for for, for, for them that uh, he went off injured. And to be fair, he was playing with Sadly, and Sadly was pretty good too for most of the game, apart from missing the penalty, obviously. Um, but yeah, I thought we were a little bit overrun. Um, it took us a while to get used to the pace uh, of Rotherham and the physicality of them. Um, it got a little bit harem scam at times. We rode our luck. Um, but that's the only the negative I can think of it. I mean, other than that... Uh, we just grew into the game and we, we kind of dampened most of their um, enthusiasm. It, it does feel like in another season that they would be on up two goals in the first half, but I think because... Like last season? Like last when season. They went in up three season, in a recent season. Yeah. <laughs> in last season against Rotherham. <laughs> right. But I think the Iorfa Dunkley... Peacock Farrell sort of defensive unit makes a huge difference. And like, look, if we, I honestly believe having watched these first few games that if they had Damayor for all of last season, they would have stayed up. Yeah. They would have done enough. There would have been, they would have ridden out enough games. They would have you know, cobbled up enough points. They would have been solid enough defensively. They would have stayed up. Yeah. He's one of the best players in this league. Yeah. Yeah. What if we had Hutch from the start and I offer fit? Yeah. Like we've had. Look, who, do, who doesn't like a games. Cypriot vacation for a few months? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Sam Hutchinson doesn't like it. <laughs> Can't wait to come back. Uh, Justin doesn't like the fact that they just need time. Do you even not like this? Is it, this is like. No, the, I love it. It's a weaker I thumbs down yeah. than the replays, it's, frankly. It's, it's <laughs> so much weaker. I don't have, like. I this is I don't recognize myself this year. Like this, there is this has to like, end, what, right? We've 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 been down the. I this mean, has, this can't go on. Forever. Yeah, no, I mean, Pat, Patty, Patty has the right of it with his, right? Mm-hmm. We got a little overrun in the first half, and some guys like I didn't think Kim Barry had his his best game. I know Evan and I had discussed his performance last week. I would be inclined to agree with Evan from last week about this week. Like he didn't, he really didn't show anything. Um, you know, I, I think our fullbacks have shown at times the ability to get beat here. And then, like, there's little things. But overall, all I'm seeing is a team who is still learning to play together. And yet, 10 points from four, five clean sheets. Uh, yeah, it's it's really hard to find something to to complain about right now. And then even if you think you want to... You know, some of the news that we've got coming up later hits and it's joy, joy all over again. So, yeah, I, I have no thumbs downs this mm. week and I'm I'm loving this shit. Well, you put in more of an effort than Evan, whose thumbs down is. I honestly don't really know, man. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Evan, I, I second your your excellent point. 
He's going to keep on mute and just nod his head. That's it. We're done. All right. Then we'll move on to the Wednesday news. And more good vibes. Uh, so Wednesday, somebody, Wednesday responded to a tweet this morning with them saying, uh, some fan saying that the Wednesday absolutely needs to sign Don Orfa with like a two second clip from the post game of Don Orfa shouting like, yeah, or something. And I thought it was just like, in my head, I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird that they're just like tweeting that randomly and then on the facebook page oh we've actually signed we actually signed down my orpha through 2023 like oh well then that this makes more sense now um yeah this is good again this is a, a similar thing with you know, we talked about with with windass a couple of weeks ago good for the team good for the player win-win all around uh you know i offer certainly had you know pre-injury had premier league interest I think if he has a healthy season at this level, that can happen again. And Wednesday put themselves in a situation where, like, look, it's the nature of the business. They can get a fee for him. Um, or he can help them get promoted and where the captains are being like, like they, it's there's a lot of outcomes here and all of them are good for everyone. So there you go. I think yeah, it's, it's good. Um, it's a good move from the club. You say, but I disagree with you that it's a good move for the player necessarily. I mean, it seems like his value is going up, up, and up. And if he does want to play at a higher level, uh, you know, if he continues to play this way this season, I think there are a lot of teams at a higher level that would be interested in him in the offseason. So uh, I'm don't, don't get me wrong. I'm yeah. incredibly happy to have locked him up. Uh, but if I were his agent, I'd, I don't know. Maybe I'd be. I mean, it could just be a thing route. too, where he is coming off a fairly serious injury, and you know, it, if he has another leg injury of some sort this season, that could really, you know, he could be out of contract next year and not really have a have a home and have to, you know, find another player, re up with Wednesday for less money, or find another team to sort of rehab and uh, play him. So I, I, I do get, I, I get what you're saying, Evan. Like if he's available on a free, that's. You know, a team a, he might get more interest from a from a higher level team that doesn't want to pay a fee but can pay him more in wages is sort of the the nature of the business of the game. But and the other thing, and I'm sure Justin's gonna make this point about Darren Moore being a fucking wizard, he might just wanna play for Wednesday right now. And it's so and it's that was, simple. It's exactly Jeff, you you read my mind here. Mm. There was an interview with Iorfa about it and his comments were said everything this summer, the beginning of the year, basically saying what Darren Moore has done with this club and this locker room, uh, he said that this is a great place to be right now. I mean, again, I can't. I'm, I'm sure he's seen why I'm resorting to magic. coaching situations that have not been as good in recent history. I, I get this. Magic is the only explanation. We were sitting here six months ago watching. Do you know how many dumpster fire gifts I used last year <laughs> when talking about this team? <laughs> like everything he's even like chance series a non-issue at this point yeah. like darren moore is amazing and part of this that comes out is you get somebody like dominic iorfa who belongs a league or two up is beloved by his teammates all this re-signing a deal that in some ways as evan correctly points out like doesn't really make sense for him to do this but things are so great here right now he's in on it so well, the other awesome. thing I think too is that it's because of the the nature of the pandemic and having to play without fans. Championship teams are not really going to go out and pay big fees for players right now. Full on excluded, pretty, right? Yeah, no, full, full, yeah. full excluded. Yeah, it's, they the spent all the Pachu payments already. <laughs> yeah. but, the, but those like. You know, I, we heard there was Nottingham Forest interest in Liam Palmer. You know, Bannon's been linked to a few clubs. Windasp has been linked to a few clubs. And, like, look, I, I think we all agree that Wednesday have been too conservative in terms of selling players over the last five, six years. You know, that said, you still have to put a price that you, you know, you put a value on the player in the in the transfer market and you want that, that value met as part of a negotiation process. And if championship teams have been valuing players a, a certain way and can't do that now for financial reasons you know it's going to be difficult for these for these players to find moves outside of a, a, a handful of clubs basically so i get it from that standpoint again 
with with Iorfa and Winnes. It's like I'm I'm sure we're paying higher wages than most League One clubs and probably some lower level championship clubs as well because we're clear of FFP at this point. And you know, Chancery has not been afraid to to throw money around in uh, in contract talks. So again, it it all makes sort of a, a kind of sense. But you know, I get what you're saying, and I was talking about this. Uh, just recently with some of the New York Owls, it's you want your players to have a certain level of, of ambition, right? That's the idea. Cause we've, we, we've been scarred by seeing players that really weren't, that were kind of had their place in the team were, were coasting on whatever and knew they were going to be in the squad every week and making a good wage. And, you know, Wednesday were a mid table team and it just that you got games that were not particularly in performances that were not particularly inspiring from the squad. And look, that's when that's on the players, when that's on the coach, when that's on other external stuff. It just, it doesn't feel like that anymore, right? It's, you know, you know, the joke is have have Wednesday found their level. We know talk about have a certain like you know players found their level, but I think, and we talked about this even last year when it looked like Wednesday might go down. That the idea of the sort of the renewal that the the team, the squad, and the organization and the fan base needed. And like, look, they're going to be down times. They're going to lose a dumb game in the 90th minute at some point because it's a 46 game season. And that's just the the nature of the league. So the, the, it won't be all, we won't be happy clappers for the rest of the season. Or maybe they won't drop a single point or lose a single game this year. We're going to be the invincibles. It's still possible. The league one. Yeah. yeah, we're going to be the invincibles. <laughs> and like, that's the thing, right? Though. So, so you can look that way. Like you can go to Stoke if you want and play for Stoke. Everyone shits on Stoke all the time. I don't like that. But or, or whoever. But I think there is, you know, Banner and Iorfa have been here a while now. I think there is this idea that, you know, look, Wednesday fans haven't had a lot to cheer for recently. If they get promoted this year, you know, you're gonna like think about how we think about like uh, Rita Johnson and Miguel Yera and Steve McLean. Steve McLean, yeah, players from the, our, our previous League One promotions. I just showed my son the uh, highlight video of because uh, we were watching the West Ham game today. So I showed mm-hmm. him and I said, I remember Miguel Antonio scoring yeah. the ridiculous goal against Wickham. And I showed him the highlight. He was blown away outside of his foot. Yeah, yeah that was pretty nice. And then we were talking about promotion, and I was like, oh, well, you want to see another crazy game? Let's go look <laughs> at the 2005 promotion yeah. and, and go through. And again, it's the joy and, and the unity at Hillsborough shaking. And, you know, the closest we've come, obviously, was, you know, the, the two back-to-back playoff seasons recently. But, yeah, man, this, it's when, when things are going well, uh, it's pretty great place to play it just it, it felt like it had been forever <laughs> since we were there so I mean, you know wrapping like, that up, good, the duration good, of this podcast <laughs> good 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 for dom i or if i i'm glad he's happy here it long may it continue we do have a departure as andre green goes from league one to is it i don't know is it the europa league or the europa conference i don't know which which one it is but uh slovan bratislava so I think this is, again, this is a thing where it's good for both the player and the team. You know, Darren Moore said he could leave if he wanted to. They found a, a nice landing spot for him, European football. I think keeping, you know, being willing to move players on when they're not in your plans. I don't know if there was a there was a fee of any sig- significant value here, but it just, it's it's good vibes, basically. Yeah, I think it's good for the player and for our team. I'm entirely sure it's good for Slovan Bratislava. <laughs> That's <laughs> sure. I'm happy. Uh, I don't know what's going on with Andy Green, and I, I don't know where this yeah, transfer came know. from. It came out of the blue, right? It was like 24 hour, kind of, well, even less than that. Someone like rumored it like about half past two in our time, and by mean, half I'm past sure five our time, it was done. His agent is looking at all the wingers they brought in this year, and may suspect that he's not in their plans or whatever. So, I mean, he started the first few day, few games, no, so. I don't know. I, th- I think that it was. I think he was in the plans this year, uh, and we got an offer we couldn't refuse. Yeah. Um, and he wasn't performing. Maybe he was not. Maybe it was too in his head. I think Green's clearly got talent. I just don't think he's ever really shown him much for us. He's literally in like the odd ten-minute burst here and there. Yeah. Again, it's you know maybe it's just not a 
fit player, team coach. I don't know. Um, he, he did bring something a little different. He's, he's one of the, I mean, I'm not good, just off the top of my head. I don't know who else we have that will take the ball and attack defenders at, on the ground. Right. Like we, we've and I, and I love, yeah. I love our wingers. Yeah. And, and their games and their teams that, you can do that. And, and I would bet that Darren Moore wanted him around for that, but probably told him and his agents in this case, like you're not, you know, we, he, he gave him the rollout the first couple of games and then, um, you know, he wasn't up for it. And probably said, you're going to spend some time on the pine because I've got. Shilipo of- and Colbano. They're the new dribblers, right? They're supposed to be the ones good feet. So, right. well, there you go. So hopefully we see him soon, but. You know, yeah, I wish Andre Green well. I mean, he stuck around when he didn't have to. Wednesday placed three players in the League One team of the week this week, which is nice to see. Two players and the manager, actually. Two players and a manager. Mm. Yeah, uh, Dunkley. And I thought Dunkley was good, but I thought Ioff was better. It was strange to see Dunkley in the head of Ioff. I don't know what they use this. Uh, is it just like the we scored match ratings or something? Or. I don't think he's that scientific. I think it's one guy that controls <laughs> yeah, sure. the graphic. Mm. <laughs> um, and then Luongo in the midfield where I got the other slot. Mm. Um, and that's, uh, I think, maybe every week of the season in the league, in the league one, we've had at least one representative uh, in that team of the week. So that didn't happen much last season, did it? <laughs> we weren't winning much last week. Uh, whenever they do those, it's always related to wins. You know, you see a team score three and they get four players in there, but... It's nice to nice to see some recognition. Other news: uh, former assistant manager Paul Williams has joined Birmingham City as academy director. This is something Patty put in the agenda, so I'm reading it out. I think it's weird. I'm just going to say, comment it's weird because obviously we don't know what happened with the personal reasons or family reasons that he left us um, about a month ago, um, and now he's got a job back in the Midlands. Um, as academy director, which is, it seems a better job than what he was having here, maybe. Sure. And director sounds better than assistant manager, doesn't it? So, um, but yeah, I mean, all the best to him. He's as a Midlander, uh, got ties down there, so maybe he needs to move close to his family. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but yeah, uh, we're really stretching it now but uh very Vannon back on Twitter at Baza Vannon twenty five. <laughs> also something Patty put in the agenda. Look, I was searching for news today, and I think it's good our captain's online again. And his first tweet was back on here for the first time in ages. Be nice, which clearly no <laughs> one's going to be nice. <laughs> uh, he's been a Wednesday player long enough to know how this is going to go. So the uh, contentious on this show, 2021-2022 kits are now available for purchase online. I said I was going to get the pink shirt the day it came out. I didn't even know they were online, and they were available for online until Patty put in the agenda, so I will buy it after the show is over. I don't think they posted about it. Like, Chris put it in our WhatsApp group earlier yeah, on, the social media yeah, guy. Again, it's, this is the club we support, Patty. So. Maybe there's like, I think there's like 10 shirts that are available online. There's going to sneak it out to like yeah. to kind of notice. It's on the website, by the way. If you've got a website, it's on there, but I don't think they're on social media. Yeah. £15 delivery for the US. Uh, yeah, actually, no, I think yeah, it's just worldwide. It's yeah, it's not great what it always is yeah it's, it's fine i needed to get some new wednesday baby clothes because she's about to outgrow her onesie so the only the only i have the the kits that are macron made by the way so everything else is pretty much either some kind of supermarket knockoff or elevate which is better really <laughs> uh, I, i'm gonna shock you i'm gonna shock you i bought the home kit as well as the away kit um you said you and I, both yeah after I my home kit's grown comments, in all honesty, I think it's grown me too. I think maybe because I'm now associated with good things. Maybe that's the thing. <laughs> it's like rather than like look like a Tesco carrier bag, yeah. I'm seeing the players wearing it <laughs> and thinking, oh, this is this is a good season to buy the home kit too. And a uh, uh, last bit of news that I referenced at the outset of the show: uh, Sheffield Wednesday made an appearance on popular Apple Plus television show Ted Lasso, with the usual. Uh, gag about being named after a day of the week it was well done though and and that's uh yeah i mean especially for you know the american audience that isn't as familiar with championship a little disappointed to go deep and mention that it was the cricket cricket club that played every wednesday yeah 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 Uh, he he wasn't quite as accurate yeah 45 second stinger or whatever post yeah coach beard 
Coach Beard's a good character, mm-hmm. and the show's great. If you haven't watched it, please do. Um, certainly one of my favorites this year. My wife and I, I watched season one as it came out. She just went back with me and watched season one leading up to season two, and she's really enjoying it, even though she doesn't quite get all the the football references. Um, it's just a, a, a heartwarming show, and I know, Patty, you and I have talked about that. I did the exact same thing with Chelsea. So she didn't watch the first season. I watched it on my own. And I said, you have to watch this series. It's just such a, and you don't need to like football. It's like, it's just a really nice, heartwarming show that makes you feel good inside. It's a bit cheesy. Yeah, sure. But I mean, these horrible times, it's nice to watch some cheesy, like, like almost like rom-com at times. Uh, but it's just a very good, well done, well-written show. And um, this last episode with the, the Wednesday gag at the beginning, and it's like loads of rom-com references laced through it too. It's a very smart way to do it. Uh, but yeah, watch the latest episode. It's uh, a reasonable gag. I laughed. Oh, it's right. Nothing new, but like everything with that show, I don't know that it's the most original per se, but it's, it just feels good, you know? And, and let me just briefly say for all the positivity about the club and everything that we're saying, um, how in the holy hell is the media team at Sheffield Wednesday not <laughs> hammering these clips Apple out TV, and sending yeah. them every, uh, just yeah. anything like, you have a chance right now in one of the most popular shows around. It's just a name drop, but it's still there. And given that we're in League One, let's take it. You know, put put some effort in, make make a big deal of this, make some connections, pay Sadakis fifty grand to fly to a game and make the joke at halftime, whatever. <laughs> but just retweet the tweet first of all. That's the thing. <laughs> <Yeah. you> do. <laughs> right. Start You're thinking way far ahead of time, Like just engage with the tweet. No, well, and it goes it goes back like, to not posting about the the kits as well, yeah. right? Like it's just what what are we what are we doing in the front office? Who's who's in charge of the social media channel? Is 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 it anybody? I might put my hand up for it. I mean, surely they, I can do it as well. My regular socials. job better than better than this guy's doing. You won't engage with anything. I mean, we we get out, mention them all the time in like our, our American supporters groups photos. Uh, like we have, I mean, the Argentinian interview last week was fantastic. It was amazing. John um, Marks is uh, tweeting this out like before the club is. <laughs> right. And I'm like, I'm mentioning SWC saying, hey, we're interviewing Argentinian fans on an Owls American podcast and you give us nothing. <laughs> you like, don't give us a like. Like retweet these things, engage with fans. Hey, we'll take a break. We come back. We will preview the Morricom game and the Papa John's trophy. It is now time to shift to the EFL trophy. Previously known as the Freight Rover Trophy, the Sherpa Van Trophy, the Leland DAF Cup, the Autoglass Trophy, the Auto Wind Screens Shield Trophy, the LD Vans Trophy, the John Stones Paint Trophy, the Checker Trade Trophy, the Leasing.com Trophy, and now through 2023, known as the Papa John's Trophy. Our Papa John's Trophy Preview is sponsored by New Haven Style Pizza, also known as A Pizza or The Pizza. It is a thin crust, coal-fired, Neapolitan-style, common in and around New Haven, Connecticut. The three most famous purveyors of said late-night food for drunk Yale students is Frank Pepe's, Sally's, and Modern. Uh, I am a Sally's person myself. Uh, Frank Pepe's is the, the best known and has several locations outside of New Haven at this point as well. The two... Uh, types of pizza it's it's most famous for if you can only try one pizza you should try the fresh tomato pie which uh does not have mozzarella but has it's seasonal usually available in the summer at this time of year uh and all three do very credible versions of the white clam pie which is the other very notable new haven a pizza style uh all of those and whatever you get at any of these three legendary pizza places Woolly better than Papa John's Pizza. And Wednesday kick off their attempt to win the Papa John's Trophy with a match against the Newcastle under-21s. It seems ludicrous to promote or to preview 
the Newcastle Under-21s. So instead, Justin, you're going to preview the EFL Trophy writ large. Yeah, no, there's no there's no preview in this shit. I tried. There's no information out there. They don't even have a website that lists their U21 squad. So uh, in lieu of that, uh, just a quick brief history of it. The, uh, the competition started in 83-84. Jeff, you did a delightful job of reading through the rotation of uh sponsors and i, I love that they go really from auto glass to auto windscreens on the podcast <laughs> oh my god yeah this is this is the best so um it's basically you know your europa conference of uh of, of tournaments um bristol city has the most titles with three uh carlisle has been in the most finals six so they only won two of those for those of you that believe that Barnsley, Doncaster, and Rotherham are uh, derbies, they are not. Uh, but each of those squads is 1-0 in finals. So all of our neighbors, uh, our little neighbors, have uh, EFL trophies in their case. Um, Sunderland are the current holders after winning last so year. Does that mean the they've all won after- trophies more recently than Sheffield United? Uh, yes, I believe there are many other teams on that <laughs> list, uh, as well. Um, now the big, the big, uh, change with this is this competition used to have conference teams as well as, uh, third and fourth tier. Um, but what they ended up doing was they stopped allowing conference teams and they introduced academy teams. Uh, they did that in, uh, 2016, 17. There was, uh, I'm sure you guys remember it happening. There was a lot of people upset about it at the time. The good news is, is that so far the closest one of the academy teams has come to winning is the Chelsea under-21s made it to the semis uh, in 2018. Uh, but I think we can all agree this is not – we don't want to see a bunch of Man City teenagers winning this trophy. When it, it, If you go through the list of teams that have won this, you know, say just take one of our neighbors for uh, you know, Doncaster to bring, you know, 25,000 fans or 30,000 fans to Wembley and have a day out and win a trophy that doesn't get to happen for a club like that. And, and, to to lose out to, you know, the oil backed, uh, teenagers, that's gross. Um, so may that long continue. The format is a group stage, 64 teams, 24 in league one, 24 in league two, 16 academies. Um, Eight groups of four separated into regions, north and south. Uh, no added time in games. If it's t- if it's tied at the end of the game, they go straight to pens. Each team receives a point. The team that wins on penalties gets an extra point. Um, top two advance from each group. And then beyond that, the group winners are seeded. So if you win your group, you will host a first round. You will host a game in the uh, knockout stages. Everybody else gets thrown back into the pool. Uh, the regional separation continues through rounds two and three of the knockout stages. Uh, teams from the same group are kept apart. Academy teams are kept apart. For the quarterfinals on, it's no longer regionalization. So you could end up kind of mixed in with uh, anybody. And our schedule opens with uh, the Newcastle under-21s uh, at home uh, next Tuesday. Uh, October 5th, we travel to Mansfield Town. And November 9th, we host Harrogate Town. Um, so as I think we discussed at the beginning of the year, I'm fairly excited about this. <laughs> <laughs> the only one. Yeah. How excited are you about Morecambe, Justin? Uh, you know what? From the Cod I Army would... to the Shrimps. From the Cod <laughs> Army to the Shrimps. Great call, Jeff. Um I would probably be more excited if Morecambe had had a few years in this league and a better team. Um, you know, right now they, they're, you know, this is so they, they've only been in the football league for 15 years. They were a non-league side at various, various levels of the conference and, you know, the Northwest Territories League or whatever for their whole existence. Um, until 15 years ago, they made the football league for the first time. They played 14 years in League Two and now they're up to League One. They are one of only two current sides to have never been relegated along with uh, Wimbledon. So, uh, you know, I'm sure one or both of those sides will get relegated at some point, but hasn't happened yet. Um, and we have only played them once in the uh, FA Cup in 2011. We defeated them 2-1 to one, um, at the Globe Arena, which holds about 6,000 players, uh, 6,000 fans. 
Lines and O'Grady scored for us. Um, so, so far they are one win, two losses, and one draw. They drew at Ipswich and beat Shrewsbury, both of which seem good, although Shrewsbury is currently in the basement. Um, and they have lost to uh, Rotherham, and they just lost last week to Gillingham. So they had a manager who was pretty highly regarded last year. Um, he left at the end of the year to go to Bradford City, and they brought in a man named Stephen Robinson, who had been at Motherwell, was his last job. Um, so looking at what Robinson has done in the past, try to get an idea from what we're going to see from Motherwell, generally goes with a 4-1-4-1 without the ball. Uh, transitioning into a 4-3-3. I guess Robinson's very good at changing his tactics in the sense if he recognizes that his midfield is going to be overrun, he will slide back into that 4-1-4-1. If he's playing against the team, he thinks he can control it, he'll switch to the 4-3-3, pushing his wingers higher up. Um, Likes to clog the middle, always wants to build from the back, um, and a big fan of sort of total football style. You know, lots of positional changing, short passes, overlapping down the wing, um, Really good, positive, progressive football. Um, you know, and, and again, shows some tactical nous. Uh, one of the things I read about him in Motherwell is that, you know, defensively, if they were getting really overrun, he would transition to a 3-5-2 and he would push, you know, one of the one of the fullbacks up into the midfield to, to try to clog the midfield and slow things up a little more if the opponent was dominating possession. Um, so, you know, we none of us have ever heard of any of the players on this team. <laughs> That's just facts. Uh, their center forward, Cole Stockton, has four of their five goals this year. So I'd imagine that's a man to keep an eye on. Um, the Tumani uh, Diagora, Diagoraga is their central defensive midfielder. They tend to use just a lone pivot, so he'll be kind of key for them. And uh, their fullbacks, uh, Ryan Cooney is a right back and Greg Lee is a left back slash wing back. They like to really get up the field and bring some pressure. Um, but just from what I read about Robinson, um, I think that he's going to recognize that Wednesday is the superior team. They're going to try to sit back and, uh, you know, trap us and hit us on the counter. As Jeff, you called a couple weeks ago correctly, most of this league will try to do to us this year. I am excited. I know nothing about the Globe Arena, which is where they play, but... <laughs> It it does seat about six thousand, but it's only twenty two hundred seated. So I I'm feeling this is gonna be a good old like football ground with really weird IFL sight lines. So I'm excited for that. Hopefully, hopefully yeah. they have IFL sight lines. We yeah. don't know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they they need to get three points here. I guess basically is is the long and the short of it. Uh, uh, on the Newcastle under 21s Papa John's trophy game I don't want to say like how serious are we taking this competition but would you maybe look to get a run out for players like I don't know like Corbino who hasn't really played yet Gibson who haven't really played yet I I mean I assume Wild Smith is going to be in the in in goal like how would you kind of treat this game I guess yeah, Wildsmith in, probably get Baz a seat. You might finally see Silla Sal. Silla Sal, yeah. yeah. Uh, Byers, George Byers, I got a guy. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think you just experiment, right? Like, just kind of throw some guys out there. Take it seriously, but... Right. But again, you know, this is the benefit of a deep squad. You know, you can start... Yeah. You can yeah. start Fizz, and you can start uh, Adedoyan, and you can start uh, Corbino or... You know, uh, maybe if if Shadipo is good for forty five minutes, this would be a good spot to to run him out on and get him get his legs under him at this level. You know, you can put some youth players uh, in the squad as well. Like I would expect, probably uh, uh, who's the under twenty three striker that's been getting a Charles Hagen has been getting some Hagen. Yeah, yeah. I'm what a weird kind of thing like, though. Like the first, this was the first time we're playing an under twenty ones team, uh, under twenty threes team in a professional like competition mm. i would assume well it's that. only been happening five years yeah, yeah. they've had so this into the competition it's just gonna be on so, yeah, even be able to watch this it's a good point actually because the i don't know the, like the who has game the Papa John's trophy you have to order a pizza to get it for mm. to watch it 
You have to eat that pizza if it's from Papa John's. And you hallucinate uh, Newcastle on the 23s with a Sheffield Wednesday. Man, I, I, uh, I want to fucking smash them by six goals. Like, that's... <laughs> Steve Bruce yeah, isn't going to be there, I'm Justin. <laughs> I don't think no. he's coming. He's too busy answering calls on the radio or whatever it is. Who's the under-21 yeah, Steve Bruce? <laughs> I, do you want me to look up who's Newcastle's youth team coaches? I'm already on Wikipedia. because probably one of the uh, assistant managers. one of the like, five Steves that managed previously, right? Haven, Steve Bruce, uh, Steve A, Steve C, so. uh, Steve D and Steve E and Steve F, right? That's what we had uh, in the backroom staff on uh, Bruce Marginals. Their academy manager is Steve Harper. Their head Told you, it's Steve. Steve H. There you go. There you go. Uh, They're actually going to H's. The head of coaching is Neil Winskill. I don't Winskill. know who yeah, will I, actually be in the gaffer's box for this game. We we um, play two League Two teams in an under-21. Like, to me, you can rest some players and still, or use our depth and talent and still expect to advance from this group. Like, I would be very disappointed if we didn't advance. It's not going to make a difference on the season, but it would it would disappoint me quite a bit if we weren't able to to have a little fun with this trophy it's a little embarrassing right like you don't you want to keep the good vibes going like again don't start bannon and iorfa and hutch and hunt and palmer and whoever else you don't have to start a few first team players you know you'll be again i don't know the situation but like start iorfa and give them the armband or something if you want to do that it's just they have some veteran presence in there or you know, you can or start Palmer and give him the obviously you had the captain before. Like do something like you want some veteran presence in there, I think. But yeah. I think you can you know, you should be able to do some serious squad rotation here. And again, crowded fixture schedule, so this would be a this would be a good time to do it. Do we have any other business? Gentlemen, we do. We've got an announcement to make. Mm-hmm. Um I think we need drum roll, please. Good job, Patty. I'll put it in. I could just put it in in post if you prefer. I knew none of you would have given me a drum roll. Um, So, for the first time ever, uh, Alzheimer's Americas are going to sponsor one of our players. Um, And it came out very quickly. Uh, It was a conversation with one of the New York Owls and Liam Dooley, our COO. Uh, And Liam said, Are you guys interested in sponsoring a player this year? And it's kind of branched out from a whatsapp group and we got a few guys together so we're gonna put um our name behind the home kit of one of our favorite players Al's americas uh, it was an overwhelming majority vote uh, we put it to the people that are pitching in um i feel like it's only right for uh, one person to uh announce our, our player sponsor evan skilleter who are we sponsoring this year we are pleased to announce for the very first time, Owls Americas will be sponsoring the home kit of the one, <laughs> the only, Liam Palmer. Woo! We're all very excited about this. Not as excited as Liam Quayle, <laughs> but. Yeah, I don't know if Liam, Liam knows yet. Um, but yes, very excited. <laughs> and I think Evan's intro definitely did better just than I could have done it. So thank you, Evan. Um we are um we'll go to make this more formal going forward i think um i have no idea people will be this interested in doing something like this in the group that we engaged uh next year we'll be more organized we'll get everyone involved in the Isles of america will be a membership thing and can, people can vote on who we want to sponsor every year maybe we do more than one player next year who knows but this year we're very happy to have liam palmer uh, as our sponsor uh, and i'm hoping it um it uh comes very fruitful for the podcast and maybe a Q&A as well too later down the line we shall see what happens with the club but uh, we have seeded that conversation already I'm hoping they don't tell him to Forrest this week because that would be awkward <laughs> yeah if he tells him to Forrest you then we're screwed <laughs> <laughs> you've listened to episode 146 of the Owls Americast find us on the internet at owlsamericas.com email the show at owlsamericas at gmail.com find and follow us on twitter and instagram at owlsamericas our podcast intro and bumpers where follow Wednesday it's Reverend the Makers the podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud Google Podcasts, Podbean probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts there's no wrong way to listen to the show just do what feels right and wherever you choose to consume the Owls Americas we ask you rate and review the show it helps more Wednesdayites find our ramblings 
Evan is on Twitter at Ohio Owl. Evan, what is your go-to pizza order? There's a uh, a place in town called Luke's Bar and Grill. Uh, in Sounds fact, like it's, it's better it's, than Papa John's. Yeah, I don't. I think it's just called Luke's now. But anyway, they've got a buffalo chicken pizza mm. that is just fantastic. Nice breaded chunks of of chicken with bacon, blue cheese, ranch, and obviously. Um, the the hot sauce on there so it is just so so good that is good uh, 1 that is a go-to drunk food i feel like Do you get are it's you good anytime <laughs> are you getting hot sauce rather than tomato sauce in that you, you get tomato are, sauce as well no, as hot sauce. no no there's uh if i recall correctly there's no sauce under the cheese but it's you know you get the hot sauce and the ranch on mm. top with the bacon bits and, and um the blue cheese crumbles so it's it's a good anytime pizza it's a you know sunday for american <laughs> football it's a nighttime whatever it, anytime you want it and it's great cold in the morning mm, yeah, i can oh, see that oh, yes. have the sauce. sometimes the sauce can get a little cloying mm. cold yeah i'm so hungry now patty is on twitter at new york owls and at patty a jones patty what is your go-to pizza order uh mm, i'm very setting my ways with pizza i'll either go from philly hungry i'll get a meat lovers i'll get all the meats um but usually me and my wife when we're sharing pizza we'll get extra garlic and extra pepperoni so we really like garlicky pepperoni pizzas so that and it's usually have to be a thin crust uh new jersey style thin crust justin's on twitter at new england owl justin what is your go-to pizza order uh, probably a white pizza with broccoli out of Fuck it. off. <laughs> fuck off, Justin. What the fuck are you talking You're about? You're fucking not British. wrong. That's a good order. <laughs> a good white spinach eats broccoli. But that's the worst take. That's the worst take you've ever had on this podcast. Get the fuck off my podcast. Garlic sausage? <laughs> Sexy patty. Have fun with that. Get out of here. Why uh, Justin, uh, fucking pizza is All the things that would tear the podcast apart. It's Get the fuck out of Papa John's pizza. Jesus Christ. It's been uh, a pleasure knowing you, Justin. <laughs> get him out. I'm on twi- Twitter at Jeff Paternostro. We usually get a roasted garlic and caramelized onion pizza. And some of us, maybe not all of us, we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>